Hey, hello friends, and welcome to this message which is specially handpicked to minister to you and to bless you. I am Pastor Lincoln Seranga, Senior Pastor here at Liberty Christian Fellowship in London. My passion is the pursuit of 100% answered prayer. If that sounds like a good subject to you, why don't you follow me at lincolnseranga.com and also find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and other social media where you will be able to find other messages as well as find access to short courses, coaching opportunities and more. God bless you as you listen to this message. I want to speak about Herod. And um, I got a few thoughts um, when Pastor G asked me to, to speak on her behalf. And I thought, Lord, I've preached so many Christmas sermons. I don't think I have any other left. I've spoken of Herod before, but let, let me go back to Herod. I want to speak about King Herod. Do you guys understand King Herod? Do you understand the history of Herod? Herods, let me introduce, Herods were a false uh, monarchy. They were kings were the kings of Israel at the time of Christ's birth. They were a false monarchy. They were established, they were actually set up by the Romans. They were tools of Rome. They were Jews appointed by the Romans to rule over the Jewish um, um, areas. And um, so they, they are not on the throne of David. They are, not, they are not on the throne of David. They are on the throne of Caesar. It's a contraption by Caesar. And so uh, you saw him here wielding a stick and trying to intimidate. But his throne was hollow. The throne of Herod was hollow. It was, it was part of the Roman machinery and had no spiritual power or authenticity the throne of Jesus was not established by the hand of man. God himself declares him king from birth. Stars announce him. Angels prophesy his birth. But here is this character called Herod. Matthew chapter 2 verse 1 to 22. We're going to read a bit deep and extensive. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, of Judea in the days of Herod the king, underline in the days of Herod the king, behold wise men came from the east, let me read um, as quickly as I can, came from the east came to Jerusalem saying where is he who has been born of the Jews for we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them when the Christ was to be born. So they said to him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus is written by the prophet, uh, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are, you are not the least amongst the rulers of Judah. Yet from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly 
called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the young child and when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. And when they had heard the king, they departed and behold the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with great exceedingly, with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in the dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring your, your word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. I hope you're hearing how much Herod there is in our reading. Yeah. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt and was there until the death of Herod that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, out of Egypt I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry, and he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and all its districts, from two years old and under, according to the time which had been determined from the wise men. And then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, a voice heard in Ramah, lamenting, weeping, and great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted, for they are no more. Now when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, and saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought to kill the child, uh, to, to sought the young child's life, are dead. Then he arose, took the young child and his mother and, come, and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Achilles was reigning over Judea instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee. That's it. Verse 22. Allow me to speak under the subject, don't be like Herod. I'm going to make 10 points quickly. Tell your neighbor for me, don't be like Herod. <laughs> we are talking about an important time in history. Um, and uh, an important story. And out comes this, uh, this name, Herod, this title, Herod. By the way, Herods, they, they were an actual monarchy in terms of there was even succession. There were four Herods. Herod the Great. Did you know there were four Herods? 
in the Christmas, not even the Christmas story, but prominently in the scriptures, uh, going into the book of Acts, there are four heralds. Number one, Herald the Great. So when you're reading the Christmas story, that is Herod the Great. Herod uh, is the one who we saw here. Now, he had three sons. And so when he dies, Herod Achelos takes over. So when, when the angel appears to Mary to say Herod has died, Herod the Great has died, and so uh, things have shifted over to his three sons. And what happened is that the area was divided. Um, so Herod Achelos took over half of his father's territory. And so when Mary and Joseph returned, they are hiding, from, not from Herod the Great, but from Herod Achelos. And then there was Herod Antipas. Herod Antipas presided over a quarter. So one presided over half of the region, and then the other two shared the other quarters. That was Herod Antipas and Herod Agrippa. When Jesus says in Luke 13, 32, go tell that fox that today and tomorrow I perform miracles and cast out demons. And on the third day I reach my um, uh, objective. That was an email sent to Herod Antipas. It was the one messing up with him. <laughs> Go tell that fox. So Jesus calls Herod Antipas a, a fox. Herod Antipas is the one who killed John the Baptist and beheaded him. The one who married Herodias. Herodias' daughter. Herodias. And the daughter, want, he wanted to take the daughter as well. So he's the one who kills um, um, John the Baptist and is the one who presided over the, the crucifixion. That was Herod Antipas. After Herod Antipas, you have also Herod Agrippa. Herod Agrippa shows up in the book of Acts. It is Herod Agrippa who killed James, the first pastor of the church in Jerusalem. That was Herod Agrippa. It was Herod Agrippa that God killed live. In an instant, he was eaten by worms. Herods were a problem. Herods were a problem. So I want to put ten things not to be. <laughs> because they are Herodic. Number one, as you saw, first of all, Jesus is born in the days of Herod. You saw that at the beginning. Now, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in the days of Herod the king. What an opportunity that Herod the Great was the reigning figure over Israel at the time Messiah was born. Someone we had been waiting. The Messiah had been waited for for centuries and centuries and centuries. Israel was praying for Messiah. Please show up. From Genesis, from the time that um, Adam falls and the prediction is made that the, 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 that the snake shall bruise his heel but the, the heel shall crush the head of the serpent, that prophecy about Christ, from that time, the world has been waiting for Messiah. He shows up under the rule of Herod. What an opportunity. He is the presiding monarch at the time or that is most significant in the history of Israel 
and he makes a mess of the opportunity. He misses the whole blessing. That is point number one. Don't miss things that everybody has been waiting for for years. Open your eyes this Christmas. Watch out that as God is writing his script, you do not miss what is going on. Watch out that you do not miss what God is doing because it is so easy to miss it. And to be handed what looks like something important, but it is hollow. You see, Herods were living nice. They were paid by Rome. Things were looking good, but they were Jews. Herods were sons of the covenant. They had the blood of Abraham in their veins. Their stewardship was the kingdom of God. Herod should have been waiting for Messiah. Herod should have been pushing for God. But he, he learned to push for himself. And he learned to push for Rome. And he thought he had arrived. He had ascended the throne. And his children were shareholders of this false royalty. A kingdom with no foundations. A throne with no roots and no authenticity. It is so possible in life to dress well and drive good but have a hollow purpose. It's possible as a son of covenant because these heralds were Jews. I say it again, they were Jews but they were handed a false a false throne and they thought they had arrived but they had missed the point. Their throne was not the throne of God. And their agenda was not the kingdom of God. Do not be like Herod. Don't settle for things that glitter. But they are actually non-authentic. And they set you at loggerheads with God. And things go speedily wrong for Herod. Things go speedily wrong for Herod from that moment on. From the moment Jesus is born, yeah, things go wrong for Herod and that whole dynasty of Herods. Let me go quickly. Number two. The number one is Jesus was born in his days and he missed it. He missed the opportunity. Number two, instead of rejoicing at this great news of joy, and the scriptures um, clearly show that when angels sang, they sang, they said, Glory to God in, on the, in the highest and on the earth, peace. And uh, the, this great news of joy, joy to the world, the Lord has come, we have just sung. Joyful noise troubled Herod. At a time when the greatest joy should be happening, Herod is troubled. <laughs> Herod is troubled. And it, it is important, as I meditated on this, I said, God help us that we do not miss the things that God is giving us. Hmm? That we do not miss seasons of joy and breakthrough and increase. And instead, 
become threatened by the very things God is doing. So, something good is breaking out in Israel, and Herod is troubled. He is upset. Have you ever met people who are troubled by good things? <laughs> something good happens and says, huh? Why? <laughs> you see, life can mess up so much that joy becomes a threat. Like somebody say, when somebody hugs you and say, why are you hugging me? A hug is supposed to be a joyful thing, but you, it's troubled you. <laughs> and your boss calls you and say, uh, uh, we, we have given you a promotion, and, so you, and you say, why? And you're troubled. So, why am I being promoted? <laughs> are you there? Somebody says, I want to marry, and you say, why? Why me? I just thought about these thoughts. Life can mess you up so much that joyful, noise joyful news becomes a troublesome news for you. Hmm? Well, today we are launching a book. I don't know where um, um, Eva is, but uh, in a moment that corner will be set and in the evening, afternoon after refreshments there will be a, a book launch. But you see her book is called Tears of a Mother and it's about the story of five miscarriages. Can you imagine how a mother can miscarry five times? A point comes when hearing you are pregnant troubles you. And so it's serious because sometimes it is that difficult that things become so difficult that good news becomes a threat. You need to catch a copy of that book. There's this whole story. I think she's doing a series. Uh, not everybody tells us these stories. Uh, miscarriages are very private things. Very private very deep, very hurtful. There are losses. And so, many times we don't understand the pain that that loss creates when a mother has a beating heart inside of her and then is taken away from her. So, uh, rarely do mothers share those pains. So, this afternoon in the book launch, you have an opportunity to meet a mother who has grieved five times and has written a book about it. So, I just thought I'll make the point. That's what we are doing. So, if you can spare a moment and stay back and be with her. Because part, part of the processing of these things that God then tells you, pick up the pieces of your life and make a ministry of it. Pick up the mess and the pain and the trauma. And now begin to reach out. Because for every story you hear of mis miscarriage and death and loss, there are probably a million that you haven't heard. So today will not just be simply a book launch. It will be a moment to stop in these difficult times and focus on an area 
that is an increasing problem. And I, I don't want to get lost from my Christmas message and that I don't have a lot of time. But I, feel, I, felt, I felt that um, we should host this here. I preferred it timed later, but it happened now, so let's do it. But there's an increasing statistic of, of, um, of, of losses, of um, miscarriages in the black community, particularly. And so it's good to converge and to, to see what, what God is saying. Okay. So instead of rejoicing, Herod was troubled. We need to take back our right to rejoice. To take back our right for good news to be good news. In Jesus' name, we refuse to be so tormented by life that hope becomes a threat. Hmm? I'll say it again. We need to be set free from the lie that turns hope into a threat. The name of Jesus, yes, we will step out into good news, into challenging times, and not turn opportunity into something to be afraid. Let me move forward. Angels sang, my friend, shepherds rejoiced, wise men troubled, um, uh, traveled, but Herod was troubled. And when good news becomes a problem, something's wrong. Number three. Instead of prioritizing this news, he delegated it. Did you notice? News hits the palace, and sometimes you just don't know what's going on. I don't know whether there are things you found out so late and you wish you had known. So, Herod has a front row seat at the birth of Christ. News is brought to him, hot, red hot news, and it's a bit processed. You know when somebody says, oh, we hear this rumor that perhaps, no, 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 no. Three kings come from the east, and they say, we have been supernaturally led here by a star. A king has been born. This is a fulfillment of a prophecy we, here we are. Do you know where the son is born? Do you, do you know what's going on? And Herod is on the front row of this. He is privileged with information. He hears the news. And he says, go look for him. Hmm? The most powerful man in the area delegates the most important news that the world has ever had, he delegates it to somebody else to attend to and returns to duty. Are, are you with me, friends? Don't be like Herod is my subject. <laughs> Don't be like Herod. Please look again at your priority. What are the things that for you when they happen, everything must stop. What are the things? That everything, when, when, something when something happens, everything else must be put aside. Herod should have saddled his horse and said to the wise men, 
if you are three, now we are four. Let's go find this guy. But because he has already set wrong, he, he had the wrong priorities. Hmm? Troubled instead of rejoicing. He delegates the most important thing that could have ever happened to his life. He passes it on. And he says, go look for him. When you find him, send me word that I may too may go and worship him. You see, uh, God does not just want us to worship him. He wants us to seek myself parking and having to show up and the sanitizing and masking. Let me stay home and worship in bed. Go do the hard work and broadcast to my home. Oh, no, 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 no please, I'm not, I'm not saying this broadcast ministry is wrong. We have invested into it. But it is not meant to replace a passionate pursuit of Jehovah God. Come on, God's people. Don't be like Herod. Today, I don't know whether I'm making any friends or whether I'm being too hard here. Don't be like Herod, friends. Do not delegate the most important things of your life. Hmm? Men, men, please watch out. Let's not delegate everything to the women. Ah, let the women do it. Let the girls do it. My wife, sort that out. Pray with the children. I'm still surfing. Do we even still use the word surf? <laughs> surf the internet. Where exactly do the things of God fit in your priority list? Are they at the bottom? Because you have so many things to do. You don't remember the last time you read the Bible. <laughs> can, can I move on? Uh, do I have a, an audience today? <laughs> so instead of prioritizing this matter, he delegated it. And God said, don't go back to him. Take a different route. And you see, the problem is when you begin to, to write yourself out of what God is doing, when you consistently write yourself out of God's script. You don't just disappear, you end up on the other part of his script, you know, because it's like every good tale, his story has the good, the good men and the bad ones. So, where does he end up? So, God sent a dream. Actually, that's number four. God sent a dream specifically to say, Avoid Herod. <laughs> Don't update him on what I'm doing. Cut him out. Remove him off the WhatsApp group. <laughs> Unfriend him. Because he's Herodic in his priorities. Number five Herod fulfilled negative prophecies. Because he would not participate in what God was doing, he became conscripted, he became signed up as a fulfillment of negative prophecies. Listen to this prophecy, Revelation 12, 1. 
Because you see, what follows is Herod now gives a directive. He says, huh? Huh? A king? A king? I am the king. Which king is this? Which king is this? How come there's another king? How come there's another king? Kill them all. Go through Jerusalem. Go through Judea. Kill every boy who is under, two years and under. And now he becomes a mass murderer. He becomes a mass murderer because he is trying to defend his hollow throne. Now a great sign appeared in heaven and a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her, under her feet and on her head a garland of 12 stars. Then being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his head. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood to do what? Before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour the child as soon as he was born. She bore a male child who was to rule all nations with the rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and his throne. What is this prophecy talking about? Let me stop there. The prophecy is about the birth of Christ and how Satan is going to be waiting to eat him up. It represents other aspects. It also speaks of the church and now Satan wants to destroy the work of God. But it, it is a fulfillment of what happens that when Jesus is born, Satan is wanting to kill him. And who is he using? Herod. Yeah. Herod has just signed himself into the prophecies of the Bible. He has signed himself into things that he shouldn't be signing up. Now he is a fulfillment of death and destruction as is prophesied. Because of how he's posturing his heart. Do not be like Herod. Now, I, I, I am appealing to you this Christmas. Do not become a fulfillment of prophecies. <laughs> which, which, which we don't want to be fulfilled. Do not become a fulfillment of negative prophecies. Herod became one. Shall I tell you, now Jesus has already been born, so we are too late for that. But let me tell you what the Bible prophesies is going to come. 2 Timothy 3.1. And I'm going to accelerate after this. Listen to this. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 9. But know this, that in the last days, what will happen? Perilous times will come. Are we in perilous times? That for men will become lovers of themselves. This is a prophecy. Lovers of money. Boasters. Proud. Blasphemers. Disobedient to parents. Unthankful. Unholy. Unloving. Unforgiving. Slanderers. Without self-control. Brutal. <laughs> they don't even say brutal. They say brutal. You stop on the A. 
despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Continue. Having a form of godliness but denying its power. And from such people turn away. It's a prophecy. <laughs> and you see, you can easily become the fulfillment of it. I'm just warning us. Don't be like Herod. Don't fulfill negative prophecies. Number five, Herod destroyed many innocent lives. So out of that fulfillment of prophecy, he goes and kills. We don't know how many children are killed that, in that season. But the Bible says a voice is heard in Ramah. Again, that was a prophecy. A voice is heard in Ramah. Rachel crying for her children, refusing to be comforted because they are no more. And who fulfills it? Herod. He signed himself up to fulfill it. Number six. Herod died. When Herod died, God's purpose prospered. Did you see that? When Herod died, God sent an angel <laughs> to Joseph and Mary and said, now it is okay. You can come back. <laughs> Imagine that a person's death moves heaven to, to return to plan. When you are, <laughs> when your presence makes God say pause, <laughs> I just did this study on Herod and thought Herod is so bad. Now, Herod, now please understand there are multiple Herods, but I want you to look at him as one person. It's one spirit. It's a mindset. Herod is a mindset. When Herod dies, the purposes of God prosper. Jesus, may we prosper the purposes of God by being alive. May our being alive prosper the purposes of God. May heaven not sit there saying, when is he dying? Let's wait for him to die. The Bible does not even say God killed him. No, he died of natural causes. But God said, let us wait until Herod knocks out. <laughs> My God, may God not make us or find us to be an obstacle to what he's doing. Not a nice Christmas message. Huh? <laughs> Tell your neighbor for me, don't be like Herod. Eh? <laughs> don't be like Herod. I'm finishing soon. You have to enjoy those children. When he died, God's purpose prospered. Now, now we, we jump a little. Allow me to jump a little more and finish Herod. Because we need to look at Luke 23. And verse 6. Luke 23, verse 6. I want you to see what follows. Herod did not see any miracles of Christ. When Pilate heard, now we are moving on now in the future of, of Herod, I want you to see him as the same Herod. Hmm? Now, I don't know why there's a, an alarm bell showing. Uh, 
on this on this monitor so I can't see. Now, when Pilate heard of Galilee, he asked if the man were Galilean. This is Jesus on trial. And they tell him, this guy, is, is, uh, there was something about Galilee being mentioned. So as soon as he knew that he belonged to Herod's jurisdiction, so Jesus was part of Herod's jurisdiction, he sent to him, he sent to Herod, who, continue, was also in Jerusalem at the time. Can you believe? Herod was in time in Jerusalem when Jesus was being arrested. Can you imagine when your life becomes so part of the devil's economy that he begins to place you in places where his work is being done? So, Herod happened to be visiting Jerusalem when Jesus was arrested. So he says, oh, Herod is in town. Hmm? Continue. Now, when he saw Jesus, now, so he sends him to Herod. When Herod saw Jesus, he was exceedingly glad. For he had desired for a long time to see him. <laughs> Again, procrastinating about important things. He wants to, to see Jesus. He hears miracles. He hears blind eyes are seeing. Chains are being broken. People are coming out of death to life. He hears it and he says, Ha, ah, I want to see him. I want to see him. I want to see him, but I am busy. I want to see him, but I'm too important to show up amongst the crowds. I'm the king of the Jews. False throne, false crown, false ring, false limousine, false bodyguards, false budget. You understand? Captivated by a false life, he's too busy to make time to see Jesus. But in his heart, he's longing to see him. Because he had heard many things about him and he hoped to see some miracle done by him. He wanted to see it. <laughs> uh-huh. Let's continue. Then he questioned him. But you see, now, now he has to play. He, he has a spiritual hunger and a political duty. Spiritual hunger, expectation. Now he, he, he is brought before him to be questioned, not to work miracles. And so he questioned him with many words. And Jesus said nothing. His ministry was done. Zip. Jesus said nothing. This hungry herald is trying to get answers out of Christ. Eh, I need to stop preaching. Go to the next verse. And the chief priests and scribes stood and vehemently accused him. Then Herod with his men of war treated him with contempt and mocked him and arrayed him in a gorgeous robe and sent him back to Pilate. So Herod has missed yet another opportunity. He didn't see any miracles of Jesus. Look at this last verse. That very day, Pilate and Herod became friends with each other. <laughs> For previously, they had been at enmity with each other. That day, <laughs> he added a friend on his Facebook because they were, they were both plotting the death of Christ. Have you ever 
do you find yourself enlarging your friendships through persecuting Jesus and his, and his work? <laughs> you say, I've added another friend. <laughs> okay, I, I need to end. That was number, number eight. He became friends with Pilate because of collaborating to kill with Jesus. Don't be like Pilate. Number nine. Herod killed James. We talked, said that at the beginning. He killed James. So this, this lifestyle of, of death and destruction and disobedience and arrogance and shallow uh, thinking and, uh, and, and, and not prioritizing what must be done. So Herod finally grabs James, who was the pastor of the Church of Acts, and kills him. When he kills him, oh, it hit headline news. It went viral. Hey, Herod killed James. He said, when he saw that it pleased the people, he arrested Peter as well. <laughs> he arrested Peter. Let me kill Peter as well. Put Peter in detention. An angel was sent from heaven. When God is sending angels to clear up your messes, The angel had to be deployed to undo Herod's work and his decisions. So, an angel comes and frees Peter. <laughs> I hate that angels are being sent to undo hmm? things that I have decided. And finally, Herod was killed by God. That's the 10th point. Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12, verse 18. Let's read it and close. Don't be like Herod. Now, when God has to... Now, the, then as soon as it was day, there was no small star among the soldiers about what had become of Peter. When Herod had searched for him and not found him, he examined the guards and commanded that they should be put to death and this guy, and he went down to Judea and Caesarea and stayed there. Next verse. Now Herod had been very angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon. He deals with anger as well. Entire cities. Huh? <laughs> they came to him with one accord. And having made Blastus, the king's personal aid, their friend, they asked for peace because the country was supplied with food by the king's country. So on the set day, Herod arrayed in royal apparel, sat on his throne and gave an oration to them. And the people kept shouting, the voice of a God, not of a man. He has arrived. They are shouting to him that he's like God. Then immediately an angel of the Lord struck him. Because he did not give glory to God. And he was eaten by worms. And died. <laughs> huh? So, there ends the legacy of Herod. Herods, they were five only. And God wiped them out. God had to go back to old covenant tactics. You see, in the new covenant, God deals in blessings, healings, deliverances, promotions, forgivenesses. But he comes to a point in the old new covenant where he says... 
New covenant, wait a minute. Let me go back to the old and first kill some people. <laughs> Very rarely it happened with Ananias and Sapphira. Now God kills a man alive in front of everybody. Worms just went all over him and ate him. Like what things you see in, in horror movies on Netflix. Worms ate him. Jesus, I don't want to be like Herod. <laughs> I want to be like Herod. I want to be part of what God is doing. I don't want to be arrogant. I don't want to push your things to the side. This Christmas, get us some background music as we come to give. We need to close the service. And you close your eyes a moment. We are ending 2021, stepping into 2022. There are things God wants done in this broken, breaking world, in this grieving, threatened world. And we, my friends, need to choose our role. I want to be Joseph. I want to be Mary. I want to be Zechariah. I want to be one of the three wise men. I want to play a part in the Christmas story that brings fulfillment of prophecy for my generation. God forbid that I become Herodic. That God looks down and says, Lincoln, mm -mm. you miss the point. You don't understand. Your throne is hollow. Your dominion is non-authentic. You have a big car and you have bodyguards and you have a big budget but I can't find you in my purpose. In fact, you are a sabotage to what I'm doing. I don't want to be herald. I don't want to be moved by the devil and positioned in, <laughs> in the right place for him to fight God. I don't want to make friends with Pilate because we are trying to kill Jesus. I've preached a heavy message. I feel it. But maybe we need it. So forget your neighbor for a second. And this man, now he hates Tyre, he hates Sidon. People are running, he is killing people, he's killing pastors, he is arresting apostles. By the time the God of heaven who has given us his son steps down and slaps you on the face, as it did having to exterminate a man when you are in the era of grace and forgiveness. You've gone too far. So Father, we turn back to you again, again and again. We say yes to what you are doing. We write ourselves out of the demonic agenda. And we say yes to the call of God. We may struggle, we may have ups and downs, we may, be, we may have failings and setbacks, but our hearts 
are hungry for you. We refuse Herod's legacy. And we say yes to the call of God this Christmas season. Write us into your role. May your kingdom come and your will be done. And God's people say amen. Amen. I hope you got something there. Friends. Okay. So, reach into your handbag and find some gold, some frankincense, and some myrrh. I told you recently that when a, a researcher totaled up how much was brought to Christ by the kings, uh, it is believed it was between half a million dollars worth of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Half a million minimum. Some, some Bible scholars argue in today's market, what they brought was worth four million US dollars. And they travel three months paying their visa fees, paying accommodation <laughs> and food to bring this money to the Lord who made all things. So tonight, today, whether you're online or in a house, Will you remember the Lord Christmas time? Honor him with your offering. Father, bless give us today. Help them. Help us through this uh, uh, Christmas time. We don't want to lock down, Lord. We, we want to stay mobile. Protect us. Deliver us. Protect our jobs. Supply our needs. The glory of God touch us. Bless every giver this Christmas time as we remember to worship you and honor you. In Jesus' name.